Welcome back to the MCU Exchange Podcast. I am your host, Caleb, and I am excited to be back this week with both of my compatriots in podcasting. We've got Rhiannon and Adam. Guys, go ahead and tell us hello and tell us what your favorite breakfast food is. Hey guys, I'm Rhiannon and I like hash browns. Fried potatoes. For our international listeners that have a different meaning for hash, those are fried potatoes. <laughs> I hear the brown hash is much better than the green. <laughs> I had a yeah, there's a story with all of that, but yes. What's going on guys? This is Adam. I I don't think I have a, a singular favorite breakfast food. I just like breakfast as a whole. Eggs, bacon, ham, hash browns. It, yeah, bacon, I guess. I mean, who doesn't like bacon? Bacon's the general favorite, isn't it? Yeah, it's Solid pretty good. Choice. Yeah. I've kind of gotten, um, as I've aged in life, that I really like Eggs Benedict. Like, hollandaise hmm. sauce really didn't do it for me when I was younger, but... As I mature into my old manness, I just really like a nice brunch with uh, an eggs Benedict. So fancy, fancy, fancy. Uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm fancy. If nothing else, I am fancy. So <laughs> we're really glad to be back Best with you guys. With a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that doesn't sound terrible either. <laughs> yes, mimosa, my favorite breakfast food. <laughs> yeah, that's a quick way to. Get internet rumors started that you're an alcoholic, I think, is mimosa is my favorite <laughs> breakfast food. My screen name is Shot of Patron. So. That's true. So far, you've made a pot joke and an alcohol joke. This is going swimmingly. <laughs> so we're happy to be back with you guys. We're going to jump into our news. Uh, there's some things starting to happen. It was a slow start to the year, but um, things are really starting to cook. The newest thing to happen is we had today the Black Panther um, press release about the film, um, and it told us a little bit more about casting. It told us um, also that you know the film was going, and there was also a little bit of a synopsis. Uh, I'm going to read a section of that that's interesting. Black Panther follows T'Challa, who, after the events of Captain America's Civil War, returns home to the isolated, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to take his place as king. However, when an old enemy reappears on the radar, T'Challa's medal as king and Black Panther is tested when he is drawn into a conflict that puts the entire fate of Wakanda and the world at risk. Um, also, part of this is we heard that Claw is coming back. Uh, Mr. Andy Serkis is going to be in the movie as Ulysses Claw, which we assumed way back when they made Age of Ultron, but this is the first time we've heard officially. Um, guys, I guess we'll start with Adam. Are you excited about Claw? Is there anything in this um, plot description that like, sticks out to you? Any thoughts on Black Panther getting the cameras rolling? No, I mean, uh, obviously I'm excited. Nothing really sticks out. I mean, I, I think it was just a matter of time before we actually got the official confirmation that Claw is actually in it. I don't think they would have had him in there for, for just a brief, brief cameo, you know, an Ultron if they weren't going to have him in. Again, you know, with Black Panther, you get Claw. That's kind of like the Fantastic Four and Doom or, or Spider-Man and Doc Ock or something, you know. Um, peanut butter and jelly. I could go on analogies all day. <laughs> Eggs Benedict and mimosas. You know, it's it's that <laughs> it's that type of deal. So uh, circus is great. You know, um, to sort of have him in the MCU. That's awesome. Uh, everyone's kind of getting worried that Sebastian Stan wasn't mentioned uh, in the thing, but I don't think. Uh, Freeman was either, but he's been uh, spotted filming and stuff. So obviously it's still entirely plausible we could have Bucky in there. I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. I As far as that synopsis, you know, I'm just really glad that they clarified that the world would be at risk. Because have we really had a Marvel movie where the world hasn't been at risk yet? Maybe Ant-Man? Maybe... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I like really? Need, do they? 
<laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it would be really funny if they ever did a movie that was like purposefully like ironic and small scale. And they're like, <laughs> his father's hardware store will be at risk and nothing yes. else. <laughs> yes. You know, he's going to defend his family and screw everybody else. They don't matter. But, um, which is my way of saying this. Uh, yeah, there's nothing that jumps out to me on this description. I'm also not at all concerned about them not saying that Sebastian Stan is in it. Um, plenty of people pop up in these movies that aren't announced. They try to keep secrets. And I really think that they're going to try to make this the Black Panther movie and not, you know, and, and make, I hope they, you know, make it a lot of its own movie and don't have it overshadowed by a lot of these existing characters. And I think Bucky is such a fan favorite character that it could overshadow the major plot. So hopefully, I mean, I do hope he shows up and I hope it's um, something fulfilling, but I'm not worried about him not being on the cast list. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think the part that's really interesting to me is this idea of an old foe because he's like a brand new king. And yet this is a kind of this idea of somebody from the past. I have this thing built up in my head that's just like a theory that we're actually going to see like T'Challa and a conflict with like a rival of his own. And that that rival is then going to be the father of Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan. And maybe Michael B. Jordan and Black Panther are actually kind of friends early on. Those scenes in America are maybe them getting along. And then there's going to be this cool dynamic where Jordan's character is going to have to pick. Do I kind of follow in my father's steps and my leg, his legacy, or do I maintain my friendship with T'Challa? And I just think that would be a really cool uh, vibe on it, particularly if there's all this stuff about, are you really an African king? Are you too Americanized? I know that's been a lot in the comics recently. And so, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of cool things they could do with that. So, all right. Uh, moving right along, um, we're going to toot our own horn a little bit. This is something that MCU Exchange, I think, was the first to come out with. Uh, we're still labeling it as a rumor. Uh, we've seen some other websites make mention of how serious you should take us. And all we're saying is that we have some information that makes us think that this is legitimate. And we think we see some other things that back it up. Um, But we're still calling it a rumor. We're not saying it's confirmed. It's definite. But it appears that we may have our cloak and dagger. Uh, We received some information this week that they are going to cast Noah Gray Cabby as Cloak, and they're going to cast Debbie Ryan as Dagger. Um, I don't know either of these people, and I, I don't know if you guys do either. Apparently, um, Debbie Ryan has some experience in like Disney shows. Uh, do you guys know either of these people? Does this casting excite you, or are you still kind of, kind of sitting back and waiting to see what happens? I think I definitively fall in the category of being too old to know these characters and not old enough to like have a child that watches these characters. Like, you know, there's that little gap in between, like either you grew up watching them as child actors or you have a child that, right. Um, you know, and so that stuff was on. So I have no idea who these people are. So I'm just looking at their faces on the screen and that doesn't count for much. So no opinion. Yeah, and I think you state that well because that's kind of the point, I think. I mean, I think yeah. part of the reason they would cast people like this is because, frankly, you and I and Adam are not the target demo of this show. And so it makes sense that they are casting someone that is going to have some nostalgia or some warm feelings by people who are 18 or 20 versus, you know, older folks like us. So I think that's kind of part of the point, too. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea who these people are. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's that's the thing. Obviously, with Cloak and Dagger being on Freeform, it's, it is going to be something we haven't seen yet. You know, it's not going to... Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming is going to be the high school type stuff, but I think Freeform is going to be a completely separate monster than that. You know, I think it's going to be... 
based or rooted more in the um, non-power drama of high school lover type stuff. I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know these people, so I can't judge their actual acting chops by any means. But um, I'm not hating it, I guess, you know. Half how many people before you know have kind of been in this same scenario of who we haven't really known who they are, and then they come in and wow our minds. I'll probably watch it and uh, at least the first couple episodes and judge it from there. But uh, it's not like I'm ready to give up on the show before it even starts. Yeah, I think Chloe Bennett comes to my mind as someone like that. Like when she was cast in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and she was this character named Sky, nobody really knew her. And I think a lot of people were annoyed by her like very early on. But at this point now, like she is Quake. She is a great character. She's a strong female lead on that show. Um, she's an Asian-American actor that's got an opportunity. Like there's so much that I love about Chloe Bennett as Daisy Johnson and I just had to get, you know, grow into it. She was not, it wasn't like, you know, May, where it was an established actress that I knew. And it's okay for you to have somebody new and to learn to like them and to grow into it. And we're going to have more of this, you know. Um, when they cast Zendaya to be in Spider-Man, I've never seen anything she's in, but I'm sure there's a bunch of 16-year-old girls who know she who she is. So it's just, it's going to happen you know, we're just getting closer and closer to, you know, being old people with canes drinking mimosas, I guess. So it's just, you know, something we got to get used to that we don't know the casting on some uh-huh. of these shows. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about something in the news that I think will excite us maybe a little bit more. Uh, this week, we got most of the episode titles and directors for the uh, Iron Fist episodes on Netflix. Um, two of the episode titles were missing. And I heard some folks on the uh, on another podcast say, you know, that's probably because they're spoilery, and that may very well be true. Uh, it appears that all of these are like kung fu moves. If you have read the Immortal Iron Fist run, uh, written by Brubaker and another guy, I can't remember his name, um, they really did this thing where um, Iron Fist would like fight, and then they would describe a move, and there'd be this cool like visual depiction of him doing the move. And so it looks like they're playing off of that some with a lot of these titles with stuff like Shadow Hawk takes flight or Rolling Thunder Cannon Punch and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we also have a bunch of directors. I won't go through them all. Um, I know you guys have seen this list. Uh, you think this is a good move, good step? Do these episode titles... Pique your interest? Did you see any directors here that you're really excited about? I think the one that everybody sort of, I mean, or at least everybody that I follow on Twitter, which is where all of my Iron Fist conversation pretty much is, um, sort of freaked out about is episode four with eight diagram dragon palm. Um, Just the word dragon, because, you know, that's the big thing with Iron Fist. Are we going to get a dragon? And... Of course, you know, the dragon doesn't necessarily have to be literal, but it was really exciting to see around episode four, which is where we've pretty much usually gotten our backstory. You know, in this Netflix universe, we used to get whatever the little creation story is or some sort of backstory. It's a good time for it. And um, and we have eight diagram dragon palm. So that's that's where I got excited. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the Immortal Iron Fist, uh, that whole run, it's it's great. Um, I mean, I do hope they they take some parts of that, you know. And the, the the biggest part about becoming Iron Fist, the whole reason someone becomes the Iron Fist is they kill, or they take the heart of Shao Lao or the the dragon. They kill a dragon, so. It, yeah, I hope they don't mess with that origin and, you know, make the dragon some souped up human or something of some sort. But that's I hope they come up with something like that. Um, but, yeah, if they can incorporate as much as they can from the Immortal Iron Fist, I'll be happy. But at the same time, I'm not sure 
they necessarily won't, uh, or they will, I guess. Um, just because I, I don't think it's, uh, for lack of a better term, screen friendly or, or casual fan friendly. You know, you look at Luke Cage and you didn't really need to know much of Luke Cage's story to watch the show. Um, at least in my opinion, you know, obviously they had the origin episode and all that, but jumping into somewhat something with, with iron fist where it's a lot more mystical and, and foreign of sorts, you know, they're, they're going to have to dig into some sort of origin deeper one would think. All right. One big news thing left. Um, Inhumans is apparently going to film in Hawaii. We got from a Twitter account that like tracks production for shows that are happening in Hawaii. They listed that they had seen uh, the earliest crew and production staff show up on the islands and start to set up for Inhumans, which is to me a little bit of a surprise. I know we talked a while back that they were saying it was going to happen between Los Angeles and Chicago. And if you're not great at geography, Hawaii is not between Los Angeles and Chicago. So this seems to be new news. Um, I'm excited about it because it tells me, I think, reading between the lines, that we're going to get an origin story that goes really back to the early days of the Inhumans. Uh, If you read the old 60s and 70s comics... Uh, They basically set up that the Inhumans spent most of their time as a society on an island in the middle of the ocean, separated from the rest of the world. And then during like World War One and World War Two, as um, humanity became more technologically advanced, they kind of discovered the island and it created tension. And so that point is the point where they picked up and moved to the Himalayas and then eventually the moon. There's a whole what if storyline where they talk about the first time that Black Bolt helps them to move their city um, from the island to the Himalayas. And so the island locale, to me, suggests that maybe they're going to go back to those early roots, which would make it a very standalone story, I think. A story about this society 50 or 60 years ago, before they kind of came out of hiding. And that would be so cool to me if, like, the last scene is them becoming known to the world. So I'm really excited about that. Did either of you guys have any thoughts on Inhumans uh, before we move on to what's next? We live in a world where in one year we're getting not the first but a second Guardians movie and uh, Inhumans TV show. That just blows my mind. I mean, we're talking... you know, if you go through Hollywood A-list actors and B-list and C-list, I mean, what list are these Marvel characters on? You know, they're like fifth, sixth tier characters, you know, comparing them to Captain America and Wolverine and the X-Men, you know. So it's it's crazy for getting an Inhumans TV show that's that's starring, you know, the royal family. I know, Caleb, you're our resident Inhumans expert but uh i i'm excited for whatever they do i mean with the huge budget they're doing i I really don't think they can mess it up you know this whole imax thing's going to be a whole new other monster you know it's going to be so awesome seeing it like that um i'm just excited i'm not really uh obviously caleb just went through all of the the logistics behind the island and stuff i'm just kind of not kind of i'm really excited to to see the characters in the flesh and i hope we get uh some lockjaw we got to have lockjaw right i would hope so it would be really sad if not it'd be a lost opportunity i told you my theory about lockjaw haven't i i don't think so well so uh, Cal Zabo, he, he's a veterinarian now, right? Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. Well, the la- yeah, the last time we saw him, we saw Bulldog walk into the shop, and I'm like, hmm, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> that would be that's cool. Kinda, I'm not even sure if that's a theory or that's just something way too far-fetched, but yeah, who knows? Like Anything's Raina, possible. Like Raina exposed a dog to the Terrigen <laughs> Mist while she was working <laughs> with Zabo? Oh, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, who knows? 
Well, I think that does it for our news. Uh, we want to take a moment. We usually take a moment to talk about TV ratings and awards and box office. Just a couple quick things there. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. remained pretty flat. It's, uh, it was a .6, uh, just like last week. The good news is that the big rating from a couple of weeks ago, the .8, uh, still got a 100% boost from DVR, which means they doubled their viewers. So it seems like that DVR thing is staying strong even when they get a good number on the Tuesday, which is good because they haven't gotten a good number since, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Also, if you've not heard, Doctor Strange has been nominated for an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. Um, It appears that it has a chance. A lot of people feel like Jungle Book might be the winner there because I just watched that with my kids the other day and they can make lions talk, which is pretty cool. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, it's good to see Marvel nominated in that category. So it's time for us to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'll be honest, guys, I'm dreading talking about this because I don't I don't generally like listening to podcasts where people just rip on the show for a while, but I kind of feel like I need to rip on the show for a while. Are you guys still feeling the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. love or are you getting a little tired I, of this? I am in the same exact boat. I mean, I, I was going to say this is probably the first episode this season where I just flat out didn't like. I mean, I I don't really hate anything, but I'm just like... I almost felt like it was a waste of an hour, <laughs> you know, especially following the other thing was the flash and legends of tomorrow both came back this week. So that was the the previous two hours before that. I'm like, wow, those both had pretty strong mid season premieres and, and agents of shield just fell very, very flat to me. Yeah. I, I I've just been sitting here trying to remember what even happened. I, I think I summarized it. I, I, I mean, I didn't. I, I did not find it painful to watch. I enjoyed watching it this week. That's you know, it was. It was. I. I. I didn't turn the TV off. I didn't completely lose interest. I probably checked Facebook a couple times while it was still on. Um, but in the end, it felt like another filler episode. And maybe they're doing that. Maybe they know they're going against all this other stuff, and they just. You put their effort towards other episodes. But, Maybe they're um, purposefully putting out crap. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the writers were just really tired. Maybe they were writing this as they got ready for Christmas or something. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> true. Yeah, millions of dollars go into every single one of these episodes, so you know they're putting forth the best they that they that right. they can. I just, and maybe, maybe it is that the series just, it seems like the series should still be so fresh because they have given us so many new things that we should be able to, for it to be fresh. And, but I was just like, uh, yeah, so I hate to be negative too. Yeah. For me, I can put this very succinctly. This episode was the amazing Spider-Man two of agents of shield episodes. There was like three beginnings of a good episode. There was an episode there, about a third of it, where it was like espionage in the Capitol building, Senator Nadir and, you know, being on trial for Daisy. That would have been a decent episode if they developed it. And then there was another episode that was like a relationship heavy episode about Fitz and Simmons and the trust between them and this deep stuff about Max's past and his dead child and all that kind of stuff. And then there was like a weird like Inception style May episode. Like there was a third of each of those concepts. But instead of developing any of them, much like Amazing Spider-Man 2, they took three or four totally different ideas and they smashed them all together and hoped that it would just kind of work like a weird potluck of, you know, plot lines. And it's just like nothing had a through line, nothing connected. And it was just like, it was just jarring how tonally different it was. Like, it's hard to care about that Max scene when it's followed by like, you know, May running through stairwells for all of eternity. You know, it just (laughs) like none of it ever fit together. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It was all over the place. I mean, I don't think they knew where they wanted to go. You know, it would go from calm and 
not really collective, but you know, they're in the cap. The one thing I want to say, so how big is this, the, the Senate hearings and th- things going to get, if they're having U S Senate hearings on Capitol Hill about like a violation of the Sokovia Accords, you'd think Tony Stark and the, the people who signed would be involved or we'd see them attend the hearings or something. One would think, I don't know, maybe I'm just being selfish and naive or something, but you know, how, how big are they going to let it get before, before we see more people or something? You know what I'm saying? And as people have said, how is Phil Coulson brought in as a spy in the middle of a Senate hearing and we're still supposed to believe that Captain America doesn't know he's alive. Like, mm-hmm. really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think, thank you for pointing that out as far as the three plot lines, because now that I'm thinking about it, I enjoyed each of the three plot lines. Like, the, the spy hearing thing would have been interesting, and I, I, I've, I've really enjoyed Yo-Yo and Mac... So I was really upset to see them fighting and not trusting and thinking they were going to break that up. And I remember like, you know, them planting that seed of Mac looking at the hope, you know, the picture with the name hope on the back. And I feel like they just like gave it to us. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just, yeah. Cause the problem isn't just that there was lots of storylines. It was that they all felt so truncated, you know, like, the, yeah, the Fitz and Simmons thing where he's like plugged into Ada's head and he she thinks that he betrayed him. There was like literally 10 seconds of drama there. And then they're like, oh, let's do a big reveal and resolve that. <laughs> and then Yo-Yo yeah. and Mac, it was like five seconds of them being upset. And they're like, oh, we'll make everything right. And I don't want to drag it on forever, but it. It feels schizophrenic when you do that. It doesn't feel like, ooh, they're dropping all the big secrets tonight. It's it's like, oh, they're pulling lots of garbage out of their hat trying to make me think that this is important, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I mean, like, the Hope thing, I thought there was going to be some real storyline about Mac having, you know, somebody he lost. And yes, he does. Like, there's backstory there, but he just told it. You know, they didn't show us anything. It didn't. It was just, you know, yeah, I had a daughter. She died. Right. It's like Max, like brooding and Yo-Yo's like, tell me what happened. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And she goes, no, really tell me. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, I had a daughter and she died. And so I'm kind of sad about it. Okay. Hey, you want to go get burgers? You know, like that's all we got. Yeah. Yeah. Though I did love, I I loved how they finally calmed May down. Uh, I, I wanted to get to that. That was incredible. That was the best part of the whole episode. Yeah. That that did I, I did enjoy, you know, that they finally realized that she had to fight, which I mean, anyone that watched The Matrix knows that you can't keep people happy by giving them happy memories. You have to you have to give them turmoil. Um so I really liked how they solved May. Well, but they ended up giving May a happy memory. Yeah, but it was like happiness through struggle. And like Yeah. It, it, it kind of unlocks May. I mean, it was kind of, in a way, this finishes the mystery of May of like, we just know that that is the moment in her life that really defined her. So I, I liked that, too. Personally, like if you had to ask me favorite Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode ever, the episode where they showed us how she became the cavalry is still my favorite episode of that show ever. I felt like it really surprised me. It was very emotionally resonant. Like that was the best episode. And so it did help me for them to call back to it. But it was just, you know, it was like a beautiful, delicious cherry on top of a crap salad. You know, like it just, (laughs) uh, it was great. But the rest of it was just incredibly bad. (laughs) Do you guys think May will be different when she comes out of this for having her memory, do you think she'll remember the cavalry thing differently when she comes out of this LMD coma? I don't know. I mean, I could see them killing LMD May and yeah, how the, the attitudes between real and fake May are, are right now not polar opposites, but they're different. You know, I, I mean, 
I could see them getting rid of LMD May and Real May kind of taking her place in that sense. Uh, and then that that whole part where LMD May was was talking to Radcliffe and then they bust in and things like that. It, it was just that where she couldn't tell them what she was. You know, that was so damn frustrating. It did remind me a little bit of Westworld. I just finished watching that show. And there was a lot of stuff in this episode that felt ripped, like, right out of Westworld. I don't think, I think it's a recent enough show that they couldn't have, like, stole it necessarily, but there was some pretty strong resonances to that show, so. I haven't even started watching that yet. I need to. And another thing, the the ending, it, let's talk about the can of worms that's going to open up. I mean, I think in our, our Slack chat, I mentioned something about this being kind of the equivalency of Marvel's Flashpoint. I mean, right now with, with you know, uh, Fitz in that containment room with Radcliffe and what he discovered out then and then the very closing scene, you know, I mean, they could really do whatever the hell they want for the remainder of the season with very little explanation besides the fact as, oh, everyone's an LMD, you know? Yeah, I, I'm not in love with it. I, my hope is that whenever this pod is done, that this is going to wrap up and we're going to go somewhere different. Because I just feel like this storyline is not working. So Yeah. Which is sad, because it could have been really great. And I feel like that's what they were really going for in this episode, is that we're looking at everybody thinking they're an LMD, and wondering who the traitor is, and all of that. But it just didn't go there. Yeah, I think another problem is that Radcliffe is the big bad of this like section. And I like that character so much less than I did at the end of Season 3. Like, they've been so manic in how they've described him. And I know the idea is that he's duplicitous and he acts one way, but he does another. But it, it's not like they built him up as a decent guy and then he fell or that he's always been really serpenty and you knew he was bad. Like it just feels like he's just so up and down. Like he's written so inconsistently that I can't care about the character enough to hate him or love him. It's just like stereotypical Frankenstein thing, you know? Yeah. Didn't uh, Nadir mention someone else? Didn't she, when they were talking at the end, I thought she, it it almost made it seem like she was reporting to someone. Um, yeah, there's a new I guy. I guess I didn't really listen. Uh, they mentioned the Watchdogs mentioned him too last episode, or two episodes ago, and I can't even remember the name. The Superior or something. I want to say Superior. The Cla- yeah, that's what I thought it was. I want to say the Clairvoyant because it just feels like that storyline <laughs> all over again. But uh, some people have guessed that's. Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember the actor or the character. Uh, Agent Blake. Uh, the played the, you know, like the the man in black and lost or whatever. Yeah, that, that might be him. That would oh, be. Fine. I thought you were gonna say. Uh, I thought you were gonna say Grant Ward for a second. I'm like, mm. <laughs> all right. That, that's Enough the point shit. at which the show needs to be canceled. Uh, so speaking of people dying, uh, let's talk about. Infinity War. Our big discussion today, I'll set this up a little bit. Infinity War has begun filming. Uh, The Russo brothers uh, posted on Facebook the other day a picture of the first day of filming. And it was just a shot of like seriously 15 trailers all side by side on a lot somewhere. Um, They're just keeping like the Winnebago companies in business all by themselves, I think. With all these trailers they're setting up. For all the stars of Infinity War, um, it looks like lots of gears are moving, and so that movie is going to be happening, and we know that a lot of the Guardians people have now shown up on set to shoot their scenes. It looks like uh, Sean Gunn is there to probably be Rocket, we think, because uh, if you don't know, he plays, he does the green suit like person on site to be Rocket in those movies, so it looks like he's there for that. And so Infinity War is just moving and getting going, 
And we were thinking uh, here on the podcast to we really should talk about Infinity War a little bit. And one of the big questions has been like the stakes of this movie. What is going to happen? There feels like there has to be some gravity to it. And what we really mean is people have got to die. Okay, if we watch Infinity War and everybody else comes out alive, then the Marvel Universe is officially the no consequence universe. So what we have today as our main discussion is kind of morbid, but might be kind of fun. I've asked these guys and I've come up with my own list. Who are three people that must die in Infinity War or the people you think should kick the bucket in order for this thing to kind of have the stakes that it should have? So hopefully you guys have thought about this a little bit. Um, Rhiannon, we'll start with you. Do you have a desire of someone you want to see die in Infinity War? Okay, so, I, I mean, there's several things to look at on this. Like, one, there there are some characters that could die and it wouldn't feel like really high stakes. Like, if they introduce somebody in this movie and kill them, it's not like somebody that we've known through years and years of this universe. Like, a Captain America death would be very different than, I, I can't remember who, you know, that they're introducing this time around. The character that I think, and this one, just, I love the comics version. I do not love the MCU version. So the character that I would like to see leave the MCU is Hawkeye. <gasps> and it's and it's not, I love Hawkeye. That's what, uh, back when you were talking about Immortal Iron Fist, the other author on that is Matt Fraction. I love okay, the Matt go, Fraction yeah. Hawkeye comic. I love, and that's actually, I, I read Immortal Iron Fist because I enjoyed the Matt Fraction um, Hawkeye comic. I, I I like that character. I don't feel like the Hawkeye we get in the movies is that same character. I don't, I don't recognize this guy. Um, and I also, I love Kate Bishop's Hawkeye. So if... If we did lose Hawkeye and it opened it up for us to get Kate Bishop, that would be great. I would be, I would, that would, I mean, as far if we have to lose somebody, I mean, that's, that's my vote. All right, Adam, do you have somebody on your death list? So do you, do you want me to say like the three, I kind of have it in tiers of sorts. Okay. Give us one of the um, tiers and we'll, we'll jump around between people. All right. So the first tier is the necessity, the person that has to die. And I think right now there's only one character that legitimately has to die for the story to happen. And that's vision. Obviously, he has the, the stone in his head. So, I mean, one would think he has to die for Thanos to get the gauntlet together and go hellbent on taking over the world and killing everyone, you know. So, I would say, I mean, the first person that has to die, Vision. Uh, I, I think he's been great. Paul Bettany's awesome at doing it, but I think he's got to go. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, my yeah. first draft pick for death, I'm going to, people are going to hate this. Tony Stark needs to die. Like, oh man, we oh need to be God. done with Iron Man. So, oh my gosh, this is, I know, very counter, like not popular opinion. I don't love Iron Man movies. Like when we did our rankings for the website, I know that I ranked Iron Man the lowest of anybody on the list. An Iron Man movie doesn't even crack the top half for me. And Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 are like 14 and 13 out of 14 for me. I just don't, I don't know, I don't love him. I don't get it. And But more importantly, besides my personal distaste, is just that Tony Stark and Robert Downey Jr. have just been such an embodiment of this universe that if you're serious about it being a place where characters can come and characters can go, where roles can be recast, all that kind of stuff. 
if we're going to have a long-term universe that goes 20 or 30 or 40 years instead of a typical film franchise that goes 10 to 15 and then gets rebooted, then they've got to kill the Golden Goose and allow a new generation to take over. And I think it makes sense. He's so expensive for them. Um, They pay him so much money. And at this point, he's kind of just doing spot roles here and there. I don't think they're going to do an Iron Man 4. And to me, it just would bring the story full circle. Um, I have this sub theory that not only are we going to have phases in the MCU, but there's going to be a bigger unit that's going to be like an epic or a era or something. So like you have five or six movies per phase. And then I think you're going to have three phases per epic or something like that. And this will be the Iron Man epic, the one where Tony Stark defines the universe. And at the end of it, he dies and we can move on to the next epic. So that is my reason why Iron Man is one to go. Hmm. I don't yeah, believe I've I convinced no you at all. <laughs> no, no, I get I like the idea of the epic. I like the idea of you know, these phases coming together and being like a whole era. I just don't want to say goodbye to this era. Because if you say Tony Stark must go, then the one that a lot of people have speculated is that Cap would have to go. Yeah. You know, it could be... I mean, I couldn't see them killing Tony and Cap. So... Would they kill Captain America? For me, I I see him a little bit different. Partially because Cap is cheaper. I think Chris Evans is easier to get. Um, But I also think... um, I don't know. I could. I see Cap as a steadying influence on the next generation a little better than I see Tony that way. But oh, the other thing I liked about this that I forgot: it also gives Spider-Man an Uncle Ben moment without giving him an Uncle Ben moment. If that makes sense. Oh, hmm. you could kill off a parent without. <gasps> you could get past the dead parents trope. Well, except for Spider-Man's parents, but <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I know it would really mess with people's brains, but like, what if Tony, because we haven't heard the phrase yet, what if Tony, like, dying tells Spider Man, just remember, with great power comes great responsibility? Like, it would blow up the internet, but it would be very interesting, I think. Yes. Yes. Only if and only if uh, Tom Holland calls him Uncle Tony. If and only if. He's got to utter the word (laughs) Uncle Tony. That's it. Well, depending on what happens with Aunt May, we might get there anyway. So Pepper's out of the way. True. True. It could be Uncle Tony. All right. Who else? Uh, Adam, you had other tiers. What's the second tier of character for you? Well, so I originally had the three tiers of... Vision was the must go. The second tier was the supporting character. And for the supporting character, I had Hawkeye, which has been taken. Yeah, and sorry. my third one was the big superstar, which I thought Cap. I mean, I, I think they'll kill Cap any day over Tony. Um, outside of that, you know, obviously Thanos is going to die. I highly doubt they're going to put him in the big ocean prison. That's totally the raft. Is that, is that what it's called in the MCU? They're going to put it in the... the yeah. I highly doubt they could contain him in that. See, you know? I don't think they're going to kill Thanos. I think that would be a mistake. Like in the comics, like he goes into like self-imposed exile, you know? Yeah. Well, you have you have certain arcs. And that, you know, that'd be a good introduction, you know, to bring Nova in and the, the whole Infinity type... Uh, where he tra- Nova traps himself in the cancer verse with Thanos, you know, that'd be a good idea or not a good idea. That'd be a good movie. Um, you don't think they'll kill Thanos? I, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's assured. I, I'm hoping they're learning that killing their villains doesn't make a lot of sense, but I've yet to see evidence of that as well. I guess Zemo's still alive, so. True. But yeah, other than those three, I really... I'm not sure um, who they they might get rid of one of the guardians. You know, I, they might. 
obviously they could kill Groot and he'd come back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Obviously, they wouldn't want to kill Star Lord or, or any of those. You know, I mean, a Yandu maybe. Even though I, I've read theories where he's even going in Guardians too. So I, outside of those three, I, what about Falcon? Maybe, maybe one of the supporting type characters like that. You know, I don't think they'd get rid of someone like Scarlet Witch because I'm sure she's going to have some big roles moving forward. But yeah, I. I honestly really believe they're going to kill Cap. I really think they they almost have to, you know. I think some everyone almost thought someone was going to die in Civil War, you know, or even Ultron, you know, everyone had Hawkeye pegged as the one to go and it was Quicksilver of all people. But I really think Captain America is going to die in Infinity War. Yeah, let me jump on since you mentioned Guardians. Um, I'm actually okay. My other, another one on my list was Gamora. Like I really wouldn't miss her if she was gone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like they have fleshed her out as well as a character as they could. Uh, and I could see this thing where she somehow like really heroically kind of like steps between Nebula and Thanos or the other way around. Maybe Nebula steps between her, you know, like this point where they're like sisterly love is reconnected and they protect one another from their abusive dad, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that would make a lot of sense and we'll see what happens with guardians too. I just don't know if Nebula and Gamora are going to be their own characters or if they're going to feel a little redundant on the team together. And so particularly if they are pushing Nebula in this movie as an important character, I could see Gamora kind of giving herself in sacrifice to keep Nebula alive and she kind of fills in maybe uh, one of those spaces uh, with the team. So that that's a, a second one that's on my list. Have you been reading what I think the new Gamora comics? It's either Gamora or Thanos. I'm pretty sure it's the new Gamora comics. It's just how much Thanos prefers Gamora over Nebula. I mean, I guess prefers the wrong word because he hates both of them. <laughs> but it's just how much different he treats Gamora over Nebula, you know, he just treats Nebula like the a piece of poo. Yeah. Anywho, that was a quick tangent. My bad. That's all right, man. That's cool. Rihanna, who else is on your list? What? Uh, why not Black Widow? Do Do you think they would kill off Natasha? Because she's one. Also, she's been around a while. Yeah. She's done her part. Would it have? I mean, yes, it would kill all of those rumors of a Black Widow movie, but. I, I would it have the emotional punch? Would it have any emotional power for her to go? Well, there'd be like f- five Avengers who'd all at once say, "I I think I loved her," you know, <laughs> based on those yeah. storylines. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean, that's one that if she went, they they would all have you know, reason to jump in and maybe unite. Yeah, I think that is one that's really really is tied up in, like, boring non-story stuff. I think they'll definitely kill her if Scarlett Johansson starts asking for lots and lots of money to keep doing this. Which, if I'm her, I'm going to start asking for a ton of money to still do this. She's become a pretty big movie star in her own right. So I think it depends on that contract stuff, and I think it depends on what Kevin Feige really thinks about a Black Widow movie. Like, if a Black Widow movie is something he really does want to do and it really is top priority, they'll keep her alive. And if it's not, then maybe they'll kill her. But they could do a decent Black Widow movie that's just a a flashback movie, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would make it a great twist, is if they announced a Black Widow movie after Infinity War or Avengers 4, (laughs) and then she dies in the movie. Or even if they announced it... Yeah, if they announce it before and then she dies, like nobody would expect her to die if they had announced a Black Widow movie. Right, yeah. That would be cool. Not that I, I mean, I don't want any of them to die, but. I don't know. I've gotten to a point where I, I do, for the story's sake, I do. Like, there actually is part of me that feels like in order for this thing to move along and be different, we do have to have, you know casualties to to show how severe like the danger is but I, I get what you're saying too it's not like i love these characters gone adam did you yeah. have anybody else oh you, you said the cap was your other one on your list right 
Yeah, I do. I would like to share my first person out. I'm not sure how popular of decision it's going to be, but I mean, with the with the whole thing about you know loving these characters and stuff, they they've built up Thanos for so long. If they they already have a villain problem that people you know give them crap for. So if if they have Thanos in a movie and don't kill someone, I mean, just imagine the outlash after that. But my fourth one, the first one out, I would I'd have to say Bruce Banner. Believe it or not, I could see you know that happening. It's much like. Tony is now, you know, he's definitely a more supporting type character, you know, even even in Ragnarok, you know, and there's some what Marvel owns the rights to him, but Universal has to distribute it or Universal has the solo rights or something of that nature, you know, so I, I we won't ever get a Hulk solo movie ever again. Um, so I think that could be another shock value you know just to show how powerful of a guy thanos is and particularly if they're doing a planet hulk storyline that means there's no hulk storylines left that i really care about you know like as long as i get that (laughs) i'm done you mentioned thor ragnarok this is my other one and i know i'm being just kind of over the top i wouldn't mind seeing thor gone as well um I just feel like the Thor movies, they've always struggled to really hit right. And maybe maybe Ragnarok's going to hit it out of the park. But they've kind of had this problem with Thor that he's just he's overpowered for the universe. Like the reason they pulled him out of Civil War is because he was too strong to be part of it. And they've done the thing where he got his hammer taken away because of him not being worthy in Odin's eyes or whatever. In the first movie, it sounds like they're doing another storyline where they're taking the hammer away because of some other thing that's going on. And it's because that like, they know that they get good drama when they scale him down. And I just don't know how many times you can pull that before it gets old. And I love Tessa Thompson as an actress so much that if they killed Thor and then let Valkyrie kind of come in as like the new female Thor, I think that would be awesome. You know, like a, a Tessa Thompson led Thor four would be awesome to me. I'd enjoy that so much. I think they could really mix it up and do it differently. And so, and I think there's no better way to show the supreme power of Thanos than to just have him, you know, rip a deity in half. You know, like that would just be the way for everyone to go, oh, that was the heaviest hitter we had. Where are we going from here? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, um, if you guys uh, enjoyed this conversation, um, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at uh, hashtag MCUXPod, or you can comment on SoundCloud, or you can comment on the website. Um, just let us know what you think. If you had any ideas of who you'd like to see die in Infinity War, maybe we'll read a few of those next week. Uh, if it's cool with you guys, I wanted to read a little bit of our um, of our fan mail, if that's all right, to finish up the episode. We're starting to get some responses. Um, let me say, I'm always terrible at remembering this. If you're listening to this show and you enjoy it, uh, help us out in kind of spreading the word. If you will subscribe to us on iTunes, if you will like us, um, like our posts on you know Twitter and Facebook, if you want to tweet at us at hashtag MCUXPod, uh, if you want to like us on, um, there's like a heart button on SoundCloud, if you want to give us a review on iTunes, I hear that's a big deal, uh, all those things, we would love for you to do that, help build the profile of the show. Since we've been back to a pretty normal schedule, um, starting back in December, The show is picking up. We're getting more and more listeners every week. Uh, I haven't told you guys that, Rihanna and Adam, but I've been watching SoundCloud. And it's not huge, but we're picking up another 10 or 20% every week. So that's really exciting. And um, we want to see the thing built back up. So please help us out that way. And we will try to be responsive and talk about you guys. So a couple of quick kind of shout outs. Uh, Starting out with uh, SoundCloud, we had a guy... Uh, named the French Stick, uh, who was talking about our comments on Hulu and Runaways recently, and he was just saying that he's kind of frustrated about Runaways being on Hulu because they don't have Hulu in uh, Great Britain apparently. 
And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you guys know any more about this. I would assume they're going to sell the rights to someone. Uh, I know recently I heard um, there's a show that is Hulu here in the United States that I heard somebody talking about on a service called Stan in Australia. I don't know anything about that, but I, I think it's hard to imagine that Runaways would not be sold to international territories via another streaming service. Does that seem right, guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would guess so. I just looked up 112263, which is a Hulu original. Yep. And it looks like um, they released that on Fox in Europe. Oh, like on the Fox TV network? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just this was just a quick Google search right, right. just to see because that's one that I knew that was like very popular. And uh, this article that came up on Deadline says that it, you know, it'll roll out over eight weeks on Fox. So maybe they'll do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So we saw your comment, the French stick. We're hoping you get Runaways because it looks exciting to us. Uh, also, SoundCloud tells us where we have listeners from, and I am just going to quickly say hello to Albania. Apparently, we have a listener in Albania. So um, I know very. I had one guy in college I knew from Albania. I can't even say hello um, in the appropriate language. But nonetheless, thank you for <laughs> listening, Albania. It's really great to hear nice. you. And maybe every week we will give a shout out to whatever country catches my eye that's listening to our podcast. Um, via the web, um, some of our commenters that we get a lot on MCU Exchange also listen to the show. So shout out to Hive Inhuman 16. You just kind of encouraged us to keep it going. You enjoyed the show. Uh, love the username. Thanks for your comments. I see you a lot on the website. That's great. Um, somebody with the username Glider said that he was hoping that John Ridley would do an anthology show um, as his Marvel project. And so that sounds really cool, and I'd be up for that as well. It does seem like an anthology show is something that's going to come eventually um, to Marvel. And then finally, the ever-popular Love Waffle have, gave us a <laughs> lot of thoughts on the scope of the MCU and Phase 4 and whether it's going to get bigger or smaller, because we had a conversation, Rihanna and I, about that. Love Waffle, just keep the comments coming, man. We see them. We know who you are. Keep loving that waffle. So <laughs> thank you to all of our listeners. Like I said, reach out to us, tweet us, like us on iTunes, give us reviews. Uh, we just want to build the show because we really like doing it. And if there's only 10 of you who are doing listening, then we'll probably have to stop. But if it's growing, you know, we're really excited. We don't want it to get to the pathetic zone where it's just the three of us and our moms. And frankly, my mom doesn't listen to this, so. Uh, keep listening, keep sharing it with your friends and tell us how we can make a better show for you. Uh, also, if you want to interact with the show, our discussion next week, barring like, uh, you know, guardians trailer or something is we want to talk about how we became Marvel fans and like how we fell in love with Marvel. So if you want to tweet at us or leave a message on the website or whatever, um, Tell us, how did you fall in love with Marvel? How did you become a big Marvel fan? And we're going to talk a little bit about how Marvel acquires new people and how they continue to grow the popularity of their brand. That's going to be some of our discussion next week. I think that does it for everything I've got on my list. Um, so, guys, go ahead and tell people where they can find out more about you or read your Twitter or whatever, and uh, then we'll sign off. You can find me on the Twitter as Shot of Patron. Um, right now, it's very political, and I apologize to everybody that followed me for comic booky stuff. But uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, and I'm also on another podcast, Super Ladies, like Super Ladies with a T, where uh, we talk about all kinds of things, but also comic books and the MCU and stuff. Adam? Yeah, I am at Adam Barnhart on Twitter and Instagram, B-A-R-N-A-J-R-D-T. Um, I really don't tweet that much. I need to tweet more. But follow me. If you guys all follow me, I'll tweet more, I promise. And I am at, uh, at Caleb A. Borchers. 
it is exclusively comics because I have that Twitter handle just for MCU stuff. So um, you will not get my thoughts on anything else. Uh, but we'd be happy to have you follow me as well. I think I still have like 21 followers. So I feel somewhat lonely. Uh, it's it's basically MCU exchange and Rhiannon liking my tweets. So if you want to <laughs> follow me, that'd be great. Um I think that does it for now. We're having a lot of fun with the show. Let us know what you're liking. Um, And we will be back next week for more news, more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And until that, um, have a good week. See you guys. Bye.